everyone welcome back to the i should totally be dead right now podcast where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime natural disasters and everything else in between how's it going michelle it's good it's good we did awesome. a little storm watching last night that was really Ooh, exciting what kind of storm like thunder lightning and yeah and just torrential water just coming from the sky it was crazy that's it's cool really fun. i didn't think i really was that into storms i mean i always kind of thought they were cool but mm-hmm. man there's so many storms here and you can just it's warm outside and you can just sit outside and watch the thunder or not watch watch the lightning and hear the thunder <laughs> and have all your dogs freak out and try to hide behind the chair and, oh it's really cool i love thunder and lightning i love storms i love I want to see your tornado like safely far away and hopefully no one gets hurt, you know, just in a field, but I would love that. I watched Twister last night. Oh, did and... you really? Yeah, they're making oh. it. They're making another one. Oh, are they? Oh, I a love that movie. To it. I I've love it that movie. A bazillion times. <laughs> Nick is done with that movie. I made him watch it too many times. So that's why I, I watched it by myself last night, but he, he's like, and then I told him the second one's coming. He's like, oh, good. No. No. <laughs> I hope the original cast comes, like most of them. I hope so, Um, too. That was a good cast. Yeah, it was such a good cast. So, Uh, but that sounds fun. I would love that. We don't really, there's not much thunder lightning here, so. No, indeed, there's not. You guys have all (laughs) sunshine, whenever. And smog, (laughs) oh my gosh. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I did not love the smog. It always looks like it's a little bit cloudy. That's what I thought it was, but no, I think it's just just smog. smog. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Let's talk about this delicious drink we're having. Yeah, I've had quite a bit of it. (laughs) It is so good. I looked at our uh, Instagram. We do like a lot of fruity things, which, you know, hey, it's fair. But today, instead of a traditional margarita with lime juice, we have a lemon margarita on the rocks, which is very delightful. Like, you know, when you go to restaurants, you can have the traditional lime or there's like strawberry. Yeah. you know mango pineapple or yeah but I've never had a lemon one which I don't know why it makes sense but it's really good guys let me tell you what's in it it's very refreshing once again I can see myself sipping this at a barbecue yeah absolutely so it's two ounces of tequila three-fourth ounce of a triple sec and then all you have to do is add fresh lemon juice that's it so if you like like the sour of a lemon and a sweetness you know the sugar it's very tasty I love lemon juice and yeah and I put some salt on the rim lemons and limes just for fun like (laughs) you peel them like you would an orange and just eat them in segments I don't understand it but I've seen you do it uh, yeah I don't know why I just love I love the sourness it's probably not good for my teeth you know but you know we'll deal with that when I'm older you know it's fine (laughs) But no, it's so teeth good. falling out. It was all that uh, lemon I ate when I was all younger. The lemons, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so good. Please try it. I love it. Te- yeah. and, you know, tequila. I got a good tequila. It was like there's only one left in the store, and I'm like, I feel like this is probably a good tequila. Then so <laughs> I had to grab the it. Sold out one. That's the one I want. Yeah, exactly. That seems like uh, good advice for the liquor store. Really, for any store, you know. Yeah, because like you know it's always likely... sold out, Michelle. Five Farms. Five Farms yes. is always sold out. Because oh, it's so delicious. So good. I haven't had that since. They have it on Alaska Airlines. Do so they really? Like, yeah. So now when I fly, 
I always order the five farms and they're like five farms. What's that? And I'm like, it's the Irish cream. Give me the Irish cream Five farms. That's so funny. <sighs> All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. I apologize for the amount of tequila I've drank. Mine's almost gone. My two drinks, I had my shaker full and my glass mm-hmm. full. And now I have like a quarter of a glass left and that's it. So good luck, Caitlin. Yeah, I'm about done with my second glasses as well. <laughs> oh, oh no. Okay, so this story is about Donna Onsayako. Donna. And <laughs> Donna. That's what it says. I think I said, I'm not going to say it again. I think I said it correctly the first I time. I think you nailed it, Caitlin. Well done. Um, So it is 2013, and we're in Colts Neck, New Jersey. Okay. Okay. This is going to get graphic. Uh, So I'm just warning the, the listeners now. So Donna lives in an old farmhouse on a flower farm. Beautiful. Ooh, nice. Know, right? Yeah, that's, I bet that is super beautiful. Ugh. And she and her daughter live there and they're pretty much living their best life like farm life it's beautiful that the air is fragrant the sun is probably always shining and there's beautiful flowers everywhere you look Mm -hmm. that's how I imagine it I love it yes so it is shortly after midnight on July 7th and is it's a hot night it's the Mm. summer it's pretty hot a heat wave was hitting the east coast that time Okay. So she was about to go to bed when she thought she hears a cat scratching at the door. So she goes to let him in because she has a cat. Okay. So she swings the door open, but is now face to face with a stranger holding a knife. (gasps) I know already. (laughs) Donna tries to close the door, but the man immediately charged the door, slashing at her already. Oh my gosh. The man had a 10-inch knife and stabbed Donna multiple times across her face, her neck, plunging the knife into her chest and then into the back of her neck again and again and again. Oh my gosh. What? I know. He left her to die bleeding to death. He walked over saying, you're dead, explicit language. It didn't say what the word was. It just said explicit language. So he he called her something. So he took her car keys and stole her car and just left. Oh, so I Donna, have so many questions. I want to, is this a stranger? Is this someone she knows? Is this someone getting revenge? We'll What's find going? out. I know, I know. I'm sorry. Donna is now laying in a pool of her blood and knows she is dying. Her phone is upstairs charging though. So she knew oh. if she did not get up those steps, then her daughter would come find her dead. Because her daughter was coming home late that night. Oh. He was out. Yeah, so I she can did imagine. not. <laughs> Yeah, so she didn't want that to happen. Mm -hmm. So Donna does not know how she did it, but she was able to make it up those stairs. She is now smelling, tasting, and hearing the blood flowing out of her. Oh my gosh. So she had long hair and it was heavy, soaking wet with blood. She found her phone, but there was so much blood pouring out of her that she couldn't use a touchscreen. How is she still conscious? I know. She oh. somehow was able to wipe it off enough to get to 911. Donna remembers telling herself to speak clearly and calmly so they knew where to find her. She loses consciousness after the call. Officer Ward, Savage, and Capman uh, respond to the call. Mm. They cleared the first floor, but the scene they walked in was something they would never forget. It was extremely dark because there was no streetlights or anything nearby. So okay. no really no houses, no. 
They lo- it looked like a horror movie, they said. Blood everywhere, a large pool of blood on the floor that has soaked into the carpet. Oh, Bloody foot gosh. and handprints leading up the stairs. But Donna oh. wakes up to the cops coming into the house. She sees the flashlights coming up the steps, but then she loses consciousness again. Mm. When they found her, they started to talk to her, and she came to again. She remembers Officer Ward cradling her head and speaking to her. Donna oh. felt relieved that they found her and that she was not going to die alone. Oh my god. Donna! <laughs> oh, I know. She felt comfort as Officer Ward kept talking to her. He moved her hand from her neck that she was putting pressure on, and he took it over so he could put, apply more pressure because mm. she was so weak. At yeah, that time. from all the loss of blood. My gosh. Mm-hmm. He noticed that she was losing a lot of blood from the large wound on her chest as well. So he yelled for Officer Catman to come and apply pressure to her chest. So now we have one on the neck and one on the chest as well. Oh my goodness. They were all shocked to see someone who lost this much blood still alive and talking. (laughs) No doubt. But now Donna is talking about her daughter. They had a 4th of July celebration at their house with family and friends a few days ago. And then she started talking about the attack in great detail. Mm. They had to put oxygen on her. And then soon Colt's Neck First Aid Squad arrived. They worked on her and got her into the ambulance, but were unsure if she was going to be able to make it to the hospital. Oh my gosh. This is Donna- very stressful. <laughs> I know. Donna remembers the ride to the hospital and she was in and out of consciousness, but could tell that everyone was concerned for her and how fast they were driving to get her to the hospital. Oh gosh, they're probably careening around corners. and mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So this is lucky. There was an event that day nearby the hospital that was hosting some of the best trauma doctors and there were still some in town that night. And so they called whoever they could to meet at the hospital. So oh my goodness. A team of trauma doctors were waiting for Donna to arrive and they got her into surgery right away. She was in surgery for seven hours fighting for her life. She had lost more than half of the blood from her body when she arrived. Oh my God. Like, how is she still alive? <laughs> oh no. I don't. Oh my gosh. Luckily, Donna survived the whole thing, but was still on life support. They took, this is also graphic, so. Okay. They took the three slashes across her neck and pulled them to the side of her neck, sewing them together. This would eliminate some of the scarring that would have been right front and center of her neck. So they kind of pulled her skin to the side. They had to crack open her sternum to repair the internal injuries from all the wounds to her chest. I'm amazed that he didn't hit her heart, frankly. Oh, right? Absolutely. Oh, my God. She suffered nerve damage to one side of her body from where he stabbed her in the back of the neck, causing her left side to have permanent nerve damage. Oh. They also had to have surgery on her eye to repair the drooping of her eyelid. She couldn't open it. From being stabbed in the face? Yeah. Is that... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I wasn't sure if that was from the nerve damage or... Well, she also has nerve damage in her eye as well still but uh but donna wakes up and she's extremely surprised that she survived this whole (laughs) ordeal am i really here the first thing she remembers is the rancid smell of her blood-soaked hair though she was in pain but the smell was worse that's interesting like i mean that's just something i mean 
I would never think of like as a thing, you know, and it's. Yeah, I've never had blood soaked hair. So I, I bet that doesn't smell good after (laughs) drying and. And just, yeah. So Donna says she woke up scarred. Seeing her face for the first time was something she would never forget. She was horrified. She had stitches and staples all in her face, front of her neck, back of her neck, chest, abdomen, and hands. Her left arm was a flail and her eye was drooping. She was physically and mentally broken. Mm. Donna had a long road of recovery, but was now living with PTSD, anxiety, depression, living in fear every moment. Because the person that did this to her was still out there. Oh, yeah. God. And I she... Can, like, I just know the feeling of, like, after your house has been robbed, you mm. know. And it's like, I wasn't even there. I had no part of it, you know, right. other than now my things are gone. But it's such a violation, you know, and you're just scared all the time. And this has got to be, like, a thousand times or a million times worse than that. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. I'd be scared to open the door. I'd be scared all the time. No, absolutely. I would be too. And she knew that he would come back to finish her off if he knew that she survived. Oh my gosh. They did find her car though and took it into evidence. And now her home was a crime scene and something she would not go back to. So she Mm. was not going back to that house ever again. Uh, Now Donna's daughter, her name is Kristen. So she came home that night, late that night, like she was supposed to. Oh, gosh. And just sees this horror Mm -hmm. house of blood everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But unfortunately, I mean, she's now considered a suspect in this. So they wouldn't tell her where her mom was, if she was alive, or anything. Oh, what? Yeah. So she had no idea what was happening with her mom. Just that she was attacked. Yeah. Unfortunately, she also suffered from PTSD and severe anxiety as a result of this attack. Terrible. So who is this attacker? Who is this attacker? Thank you, Caitlin. It was a 16-year-old boy. What? He had a fight with his dad and he got out the 10-inch knife and was waving around at him. So he kicked him out and locked the doors. So he set out on foot and came across Donna's house and he needed a car. I'm like dumbfounded. I don't even know what to say. That was the reason he tried to kill her because he wanted the car. Oh my God. Oh. So it actually took a few months for the arrest because he was turned in by an extended family member that heard what he did. So like the parents Mm. didn't even turn him in. It had to have been an extended family member that's like, uh... I heard a little family gossip. Uh, Yeah. He almost murdered someone. Let me Mm -hmm. go ahead and call the cops. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, they had to go to trial. He took a plea deal, which though he has to spend 15 years in prison, serving Mm -hmm. a minimum of 85% of the plea deal. So it could be 10 years. I mean, I guess that's a lot. It just seems like not (laughs) enough. It doesn't seem like enough. I mean, at 16, yeah, you're underage, but you know what you're doing. You yeah. you know not to kill people. So yeah, at that exactly. point, you, you, you do know that. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Uh. So at the time of trial, Donna actually was anonymous. She did not 
want anyone to know who she was. She didn't want this defendant to know who she was. Mm. Um, but now she has come forward and wants to speak about her story. So the PTSD was a lot for Donna, especially at night. Night is when it really triggered because oh, I'm sure that's when it happened. Gosh. And yeah, Things waking are in the a little scarier at night. Yeah, <laughs> it really just... is. Well, waking in the morning, she starts a process of calming her nerves. She physically trembles. She needs to regulate her breathing and talk to herself into the day and focus on getting from her home to her office. So that yeah. is a cons- like a constant struggle for her to do, just to confirm that she is safe. Oh my gosh. Oh, this makes me so angry. I know. That just like some random person can just tear your entire life apart mm-hmm. I mean, and for nothing more than a stupid car like what yeah Ugh. and you're constant living in fear which is understandable because this is something totally random that happened to you you're in your home you think it's safe and yeah just i don't like it when bad random. stuff happens in your home just because no. it is supposed to be safe right mm-hmm. that's supposed to be your comfort and he destroyed any comfort she had oh but luckily she had 10 years ago 2013 yeah Mm -hmm. but she has so much support from her friends family and community she thanks the officers the medical staff and especially her victim advocate nancy frankie to get her through this ordeal oh i know i think of you being a victim advocate for all those years caitlin that was wonderful thank you my gosh you really gave of yourself oh thank you it's so nice My like goodness. me i'm like oh it sounds like the worst i would never <laughs> <laughs> there you are just year after year going to help all these people who have had something awful happen to them it's really fulfilling it really is a good feeling you know knowing that you have an impact on someone and that you helped i think that's what made it worthwhile hearing all the terrible things that happened to people <sighs> yeah just knowing that you could be a small sliver of sunshine in this Mm-hmm. dark ordeal the one thing i totally remember is that i received a card and gift card from one of the victims a year to the day that we put her defendant away oh, and God. i know <laughs> she just wrote like how like thankful she was i was there every step of the way i was like i oh. it was just something that like oh, it made my heart so happy but i couldn't accept the gift unfortunately so you can't do that for government you know because it's it's like bribery or people could see it like that so if you want to thank a victim advocate i would suggest getting flowers and that way they can put it in the office for everyone to enjoy Mm -hmm. so (laughs) but we really know it's for me you know (laughs) (laughs) oh emotional sorry (laughs) there are a lot of resources that helped her. Nancy is someone who Donna feels helped her more on her journey to heal and help others. It is part of Donna's mission now to help others and assist Nancy in presentations to cadet classes, speaking about victim, like the victim's perspective and how mm. important first responders are. So she even talks, she even goes to prisons and talks to inmates and gives her victim perspective but what happened to her, how she felt. So she is shedding light on, you know, what your actions do really affect. This is the other side of it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
So Donna actually started a nonprofit called Survivors of Violent Crimes. And they pretty much, they give her Donna's contact information and Donna helps them through like a victim advocate would, but also kind of sharing her story as well and her process and just helping as much as she can as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that was, has been a big part of her healing process is knowing, helping others who went through a similar situation. So she, unfortunately, so this was uh, 2019 when she wrote this article. So she still has PTSD, but I mean, it's something that she's probably going to have forever, but she's working on it and she has some fulfillment in her life right now as well, helping others. So good good job, Donna. I'm so sorry that happens. Just, I, I don't know. That's just, it's so crazy. Yeah. Our 16 year old kid, you know, he just must've been so rage filled. I mean, to just stab at her so many times with a knife like I can't even I don't care like I'm not a parent but if I was and my kid almost killed someone I'd be like you got it you gotta turn yourself in kid I'm gonna call (laughs) the cops because you can't just go around almost killing people or trying to kill people. like you just I it just makes me mad that people try to cover up for their kids other people yeah Yeah, I mean I understand that you love them but they need to take accountability and they need to get help if that's what they're going to be turning to when they get angry Mm. god it's a good thing you don't kill anybody Caitlin I don't know if I could turn you in (laughs) just trying to think like Caitlin you really shouldn't have done that I'm calling the cops I'd be like but Michelle I'd be like fine I'm you're okay come stay here and hide out in my basement i'm not good about i guess making people face up to the full light of day Uh, they're crying oh god don't go to michelle everyone if you ever like turn to a life of crime we could be bonnie and clyde michelle there we go yeah see that's more Mm -hmm. likely i'd probably be like well i have to join you now (laughs) i hope you're happy oh my gosh that's hilarious (laughs) yeah uh, you could be crime, the Gatorade but... driver. Yes, there we go. <laughs> there we I'm go. Pretty, I'm pretty good at driving fast. Yeah, I was a terror when I was a teenager. I, I can only imagine. Yeah, I was awful. Like I think back to it now with actually a significant amount of regret. <laughs> like mm. it was reckless. Yeah, not smart. I was a dumb teenager. Most are. God. Yeah, I was as well. Oh gosh. Uh, well, good job, Donna way to turn like not that around but she is helping you know from her tragedy you know so I think that's a good way yeah absolutely I it probably helping others probably helps her more than Mm -hmm. really anything else you know because you can step out of yourself you can Mm. you don't have to be thinking about your situation you know because you're just focused on that other person Mm -hmm. and her impact on all those other people is probably beyond anything she ever knows right she probably has no idea how much life she has changed by just being there for that person Mm -hmm. just like you like I know (laughs) you probably have changed lives had a very positive impact on them gosh I just sure hope so because some of these cases I had were just awful yeah just awful but but yeah it's very it's very sweet it's it 
if you want to volunteer as a victim advocate, that's awesome. But I hear people who were victims, like Donna was, it is harder for them because some things could be triggering, remind them of what mm-hmm. happened to them. So it may be harder for victims of crime to be an advocate just in case they do get triggered. But if you can, awesome. I mean, yeah. if that makes you like heal or want to help others, that's awesome. But I can only imagine. Well, it's, I think I would struggle doing something like that. So well done you and well done Donna. Oh. <laughs> Donna, good job, girl. Oh, <laughs> poor thing. Especially the daughter too, though, like coming home to that scene and being like, well, you're a suspect, so we can't tell you shit. Yeah. Oh no, we're not going to tell you where your mom is. You know, yeah. it's like, or she's alive or dead. Like, yeah, that's can't say. I mean, I get it, but it's not cool at the same time. Yeah, it's yeah. I know. I'm glad I to mean, hear it, it wasn't the daughter. Yeah, seriously. You know, like, like, oh, because that yeah. happens, unfortunately. It, I mean, it does. So yeah. I guess yeah, that does make sense. But still sad. All right, let's move on, Michelle. Let's hear. I know story. my story is has quite a bit of blood, but Ooh. is very pretty lighthearted. So. Okay, well we're we already dealt with blood, so we're we are in that realm, so we understand. Yeah. So this is a bloody episode, I suppose. Oh gosh. All right. So as I said, this is kind of a light story. This is sort of a short and sweet one, but I saw it and I was like, this is a cool story. So here we go. <laughs> All right. So uh, it's about Dana Reinhardt, and we are in probably the early 90s. And um, so I'm assuming we're in LA, kind of the Hollywood area, if you will. And Dana and her grandmother are going to a garden party for the ACLU of Southern California, which is, I looked it up because it's one of those things I've always heard. And I'm like, what the hell is that? It's the American Civil Liberties Union. Okay. Sounds like it's just a bunch of advocates that keep democracy, you know, going strong and civil liberties, liberty, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel good about any of that sentence, (laughs) but here we go. So Dana's stepmother, as it turns out, is the executive director for the ACLU of Southern California. So that's why she was there. And she, Mm. again, she was there with her grandmother and they were going to the event. So this is a bit of a star-studded event. And so as kind of people are coming in, Dana is pointing out to her grandmother, you know, who's coming in. So they saw Robert Downey Jr. come in with Sarah Jessica Parker, you know, on his arm. And she's like, Grandma, check that out. And she's like, eh, I don't care. Uh, Apparently, if it wasn't Cary Grant or Gregory Peck, she couldn't give a shit. So (laughs) (laughs) it was... So to say a little bit about her grandmother, she said that she was beautiful even in her her 80s. Um, She's, this is a quote now, vain as the day is long and whip smart, though her type of intelligence did not include recognizing young celebrities. (laughs) Fair. And she just couldn't give a shit about Robert Downey Jr. and Sarah Jessica Parker being there. (laughs) She just proceeded to add more cheese to her plate and continue down the buffet. That afternoon's main honoree and kind of the reason for the whole garden party in the first place was was for Ron Kovic. And uh, you probably have heard of him because he was the man portrayed, the Vietnam vet that was in Born on the Fourth of July. He was the one that Tom Cruise plays. I haven't in, seen it. I'm sorry. In the movie. What's that? I haven't seen it. 
I know, I'm sorry. It's, it's so what? good. Like Tom Cruise. I mean, he's a weirdo, but goddamn, that guy can act. And this was an amazing role for him. Really, the kind of the point of that was is they had a lot of wheelchair ramps set up, especially for Ron, you know, because he was going to mm. be on stage and such. So they had all the speeches and everything. And so it all concluded. And as Dana's grandmother stood up, she unfortunately tripped and fell and fell onto right into one of the wheelchair ramps and completely just fell on a sharp edge and just tore open her shin. Like, yeah, so her leg is bleeding profusely. So (laughs) again, as I said, uh, what they said was the amount of blood was staggering. Oh, wow. Her shin. Okay. Yeah. Off of her shin. And so unfortunately, Dana, you know, rather than sort of getting into action and making sure someone had called an ambulance and all this stuff, she was ready to faint. You know, she's seen oh. all this blood. And so she's got to sit down. Otherwise, she's just going to keel over. Mm-hmm. But someone did step in to take care of everything. And that was Robert Downey Jr. Really? Yes. So at the time he was wearing this like really nice cream colored suit. So he like gets down in front of his, uh, her grandmother and he's telling someone to call an ambulance, telling someone else to bring a glass of water, telling this other person to go find a blanket. And he takes off his jacket and he's helping her out. And then he ends up like taking his beautiful cream colored jacket and Uh wrapping it around her leg to just sort of staunch the wound so it would you know quit bleeding as much and so of course it turned completely scarlet because as i said she was bleeding profusely he told her not to worry everything was going to be all right and he just knew instinctively how to speak to her and how to distract her and how to as she put it most critically play to her vanity he was pretty much telling her like oh you got sexy legs girl (laughs) (laughs) just making her feel really good so grandma sort of turns to him and is like my granddaughter tells me you're a famous actor but I've never heard of you (laughs) of course this is long before Iron Man or anything like that but still but he didn't take offense and he stayed with her until the ambulance came And then he actually walked along the ambulance, uh, alongside the stretcher to the ambulance with her. And uh, then he was telling her that she was breaking his heart because she was leaving the party early. (laughs) So smooth. And, you know, at the end, he's calling out, don't forget to call me, Sylvia. We'll do lunch. You know, so they were like best friends by the end of this whole, whole ordeal. Dana kind of just got into the ambulance and was like too embarrassed to say anything and just couldn't even believe this whole situation had happened. And she was like way too shy to even thank him. So off they go. So grandma got stitched up. All was well. But Dana was feeling pretty remorseful that she never had a chance to really say thank you. Or she Mm -hmm. did, but she lost it because she was very embarrassed and, you know, probably was still trying not to faint. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> things like that mm-hmm. so it turns out many years later she had like thought about writing to him and you know doing all these things to really express her gratitude uh but she never like quite did it you know she just was probably a little bit too embarrassed or felt like she couldn't say what she wanted to say in a letter so 15 years later 10 years after her grandmother had died 
she actually saw Robert Downey Jr. at a restaurant. And so she went up to him and was like, hey, I have no idea if you remember this whole situation that happened, you know, and she kind of recalled the story. And of course he remembered and she was like, I just wanted to say thank you. And I wanted to tell you it was simply the kindest act that she had ever witnessed. And he stood up and he took both of her hands and looked her into her eyes and said, you have absolutely no idea how much I needed to hear that today. So in the end, she was able to thank him for helping her grandmother. And I feel like that probably maybe helped him a little bit as well. Maybe to become Iron Man, who can say? (laughs) (laughs) But I just thought it was so cool that Robert Downey Jr. kind of came in Mm -hmm. and took care of the whole situation and helped her grandmother in the sweetest way possible. That is adorable. (laughs) I love that. My goodness. Told you it was short and sweet. And no, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so sweet though. I think that was nice. He knew what he needed to do to like make her feel comfortable and okay. Cause I'm sure that's embarrassing. And especially if she's, as she said, like vain, you know. Yeah. Well, and just, you know, falling at a garden party is mm-hmm. probably just embarrassing anyway, especially in front of all these people. And for him to just make her feel better about the whole yeah. thing and you know, let's go on a date, kind of. <laughs> Your legs are gorgeous. Yeah. That's so sweet. Aw, that's a good story. He did have a rough, like, a uh, few years there. He sure did. Yeah. But... Well, what I what I did not mention is that she actually thought about quite a bit um, writing to him while he was in prison. Because, of course, oh. he went to prison for possession of heroin, cocaine, and an unloaded... 357 so (laughs) he was in prison for quite a while and I just remember uh I remember that time and it was just like I kind of like Robert Downey Jr but I only really knew him from weird science and he was kind of an asshole in that show or in that movie he was like one of the cool boys Mm. (laughs) and and he was just kind of like a jerk in a lot of the movies he was in and then Iron Man came out and uh I very much enjoyed that movie. <laughs> I did too. Those were really good movies. That's how, I mean, that's how I learned about Robert Downey Jr. But you didn't watch a lot of his like 80s stuff. No, I didn't. He was like on the periphery of the Brat Pack, I would say. It oh, seemed okay. In kind of a few of the movies that they were in mm-hmm. and, and well, kind of have pressing a... ones. I remember, mm-hmm. I think there's, I want to say it was like Less Than Zero or something. But that was a tough one. I think it was about drug addiction and that, you know. Mm. Anyway, someone's out there like, bitch, you don't know anything about any movie. Didn't he play uh, Charlie Charlie Chaplin? What about? Oh, I think he is. Isn't he like his grandson or something like that? No, I think he plays him in a movie. Like he, about his life. Yes, he did. And he was excellent. I saw that in the theater. Oh, really? Was that in the 80s or was that recent? No, that was like in the 90s. I think I was still in high school. Oh, okay. So that was a super good movie. I remember mm. being very moved by it. <laughs> well, I'll have to check that out then. You should. It's a good one. It's a romance. It's, ooh. It's just of. nice to hear that, you know, celebrities really put, you can, can put other people first, you know, because you hear so many negative things, you know, sometimes, but this is good. 
This is a good yeah, I'm story. reading um, a book. Of course, it's fiction, but it's about a, a movie star who is giving her like life story. You know, in it, she's like, I would use you in a heartbeat, like, mm. and not even feel bad about it. And I know you would use me in a heartbeat. And I'm just like, that's not Caitlin. I don't think <laughs> Caitlin is, you know, going to be actress is using oh, people left and right. And you can't trust anyone in Hollywood and you all this stuff. Mean- that's what it sounds like. My goodness. My gosh. Ugh. Well, when you start your first right. rumor about someone being pregnant or something, then we'll know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> your star is born. <laughs> I made it. They think I'm pregnant. It's so funny. Oh, I'm sorry. Too anyway. funny. Good times. Uh, so, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is not just a hero in the movies. He's a hero in real life. Ooh, that's a good, that was a good ending. <laughs> Look at you, Michelle. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I'm sorry this episode is a little bloody today, but... We got through it. Uh, well yeah, done, Donna. Got. Donna got through it. Yep. More importantly. Sure uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know how to tie this. <laughs> it's hard. Everyone survived. That's the thing. That's what you can always come back to, that everyone survived. Well done, everyone. <laughs> well done, everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, Lord, if... we can't have tequila anymore, Caitlin. Yeah, maybe not tequila. You know, yeah, tequila may bring out something, something else in us. We should look back and see how the episodes are with different. I know. Alcohols. Categorize. Yeah. The ones with vodka are okay. The ones with rum, eh, the ones with tequila are garbage. <laughs> they just fall <laughs> apart at some point. Michelle's oh, too funny. Weird. It's fine. <laughs> God, kill me you better sign off now she sees thunder i don't know yeah. <laughs> lightning lightning <laughs> you hear the thunder <laughs> oh goodness all right guys well uh we'll see you guys we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you guys next time all right yeah. goodbye goodbye we're done <laughs> <laughs>